for nearly 10 months, your baby has been attached to you by the umbilical cord. That cord has been your baby's lifeline, pumping oxygen and nutrients in and then processing waste products back out to your body to get rid of. After birth, its job is seemingly over. But wait, not so fast. There's a reason to let it hang in there just a little bit longer. And today we're going to talk about why. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for His glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Did you miss out on getting to sign up for the first round of the Your Birth God's Way Christian Childbirth Education course and now you've got something on your mind that you really need help with but you don't know where to turn? I know so many of you feel rushed and you get flustered during those few brief moments you have with your provider. You've got a list of things you want to talk about in your head, but in the instant that you have to ask them, you forget, or worse, you convince yourself it was a dumb question and you just don't ask. I feel your pain, Mama. So often it's hard to get the information you need from somebody you can trust. So if you're currently kicking yourself because you didn't sign up for our class, do not stress. I'm still here for you. Down in the show notes, there's a link called the Midwife and Me Power Hour, where you can sign up for an entire hour of one-on-one time with me. You'll answer a few brief questions so that then I can tailor our time addressing exactly what you need for where you are in your pregnancy. You don't have to worry about hospital policy or bias influencing the answers you get. You'll just get straightforward advice from a Christian midwife who's been there and done that no matter what that is. I don't have many slots available, so be sure to grab one while you can. I'm here to help you have your birth the way God intended it to be. Go sign up for a Midwife and Me Power Hour right now. If only you knew how much your reviews that you leave for me on Apple Podcasts, if you knew how much those bless me, I think every single one of you would go leave me a review right now which is your cue to go leave me a review right now if you haven't already because your messages and your reviews do bless me. I love hearing from you and knowing what you're thinking of the podcast. So today I want to read to you a review that Mary Lou Trask, 22, left me back on July the 10th. She said, 10 out of 10 recommend. Lori does such a wonderful job of educating and teaching truths about birth and pregnancy. I'm so glad I found this gem. She is so easy to listen to and has so much knowledge from research to hands-on experience. 
Mary Lou, I'm so glad you found the podcast too. I'm so blessed to have you as one of my listeners, and I just appreciate you taking the time to leave me a review. It doesn't take long if you haven't left me one already. Just hit pause, go leave one. It might take you 30 seconds or maybe a minute, and it would bless me big. You just click that fifth star. As you scroll down a little bit, you look for Your Birth God's Way, which obviously you've already found. Scroll down a little ways to where the reviews are, click the fifth star, and then click that little purple button that says Write a Review. Type a few words in there to tell me what you think, and then click Submit or Send or whatever the button says, and that's all there is to it. It doesn't take long at all. Okay, so let's get into today's topic. But before we start talking about how things are done in hospitals or birth centers or wherever today, I want you to take a minute to think about the reason we're here. And when I say here, I mean at this podcast, thinking about the topic of the podcast, which is your birth God's way. The reason we're here is God. The reason we're having these discussions together week after week is God. So let's think about what his design for birth was and is and what happens after birth. When a baby is born, does the placenta immediately just fall out right that instant? Or is there a period of time that it stays attached until it slowly begins to detach a little bit later. You probably know it's the second option. Most of you probably do. If you haven't had a baby before, you might not realize that, so now you know. But God made it that way. Does the cord, the umbilical cord, detach itself at birth, or does it stay attached to the baby and to the placenta for a little while? Of course, it stays attached. Now think about this with me. If God needed that cord to be immediately clamped or cut off, or if he needed to have that blood flow stopped, don't you think that he could have put a mechanism in place to make it happen? I mean, he created everything about your baby. He made your placenta. Would it just be too much for him to make the cord detach at birth? Of course it wouldn't. So that leads us to know that there must be some reason that cord stays attached a while. Let's dig into that a little bit. So what is the umbilical cord? The umbilical cord is a lifeline for the baby. It runs from the baby's tummy, the umbilicus, to the placenta, which is the organ that didn't even exist before this baby came along that God makes inside of the mom's womb to sustain that baby's life. So the cord goes from the baby to the placenta. The placenta is it's kind of like an organ that filters things. Think of it kind of a little bit like a liver. It's not a liver, but it's kind of the same idea because it's a filter for the baby. It takes all the waste products out and it filters the things coming in to get the good stuff to the baby and kind of process through what the baby needs and what it doesn't. In God's magnificent wisdom, he created this thing again, that grows out of nowhere, that delivers all of the baby's nutrition and oxygen for the whole pregnancy or after the first few weeks for the remainder of the pregnancy. The cord is usually plump and juicy. It's usually got visible vessels. After the birth, it's a really cool thing to watch because you can see all these big, juicy vessels that have carried all of this blood supply for the whole pregnancy. After birth, over time, those juicy vessels start to flatten out. 
And that's because all of that blood that was in those vessels that made those vessels so nice and juicy is flowing to the baby. So why do we clamp and cut the cord at all? What's that practice even about? So the cord has a pulse that shows us that blood is still flowing through it to the baby. It's just like if you touch a pulse in your neck, on your carotid artery, or maybe on your wrist or wherever you have a pulse, that pulse tells you that blood is flowing through with some level of force that your heart is creating. And the umbilical cord does the same thing. It shows you that there is blood flowing from a force that the placenta is sending. Early cord clamping, and when I say early cord clamping, I mean clamping the cord as soon as the baby is born, actually deprives the baby of as much as half of its blood supply. That blood you see in those big, plump, juicy veins is the baby's blood that was on its way back to the baby when you happen to be looking at it. So when you clamp a cord early, you impact blood counts for that baby, and that has both short-term and long-term consequences for the baby's health. As much as 80 to 100 milliliters of blood can be trapped in that cord when you cut it if those vessels are still big and juicy and you can see that blood in there if there's still a pulse going on. So a baby on average only has somewhere around 210 milliliters of blood. So 80 to 100 milliliters is a huge percentage of that baby's blood supply. Now, once the pulse in that cord stops, the transfer of all those goodies comes to an end. At this point, the placenta's job of keeping that baby alive is done. And at that point, clamping the cord and cutting it is appropriate because the baby doesn't really need it anymore and the baby is no longer physically tied to the mom. If you don't cut it, the placenta will eventually come out anyway, even with it still attached to the baby. And it doesn't hurt the baby, but it's no longer giving the baby benefits of a blood flow because obviously it's not attached to a blood flow anymore. It's come out of mom. So when has the cord been cut traditionally? In modern times, the cord has been clamped and cut immediately after birth. Now, obviously, you know by now from the last few minutes that that's not a good practice. And there is no physiological reason to cut the cord this fast. The practice seems to have risen when the implementation of the, what's called the active management of the third stage started, which in theory, that is intended to decrease postpartum hemorrhage. So there's several things included in this active management of the third stage. One of the things is that a uterotonic medication is given, and that's something like Pitocin. It's something to try to make the uterus to tone up and get super strong and tight to squeeze off the blood vessels where the placenta was attached to help control bleeding. That's the theory behind it. It also includes fundal massage, which is where they rub the top of the uterus through the mom's belly, which in theory encourages it to clamp down more. It includes immediate cord clamping. 
And the reason for that is the next thing it includes, which is umbilical traction. So in the medical model, it is very routine to go ahead and clamp the cord and cut it and then begin putting gentle traction on the cord, meaning pulling on the cord to try to encourage the placenta to deliver sooner. In theory, this means that the third stage will be shorter, which they believe will decrease the amount of bleeding that the mom experiences, which overall in their eyes will be a better outcome. We'll talk about whether that's true or not in just a minute. But this is the heart of the reason that the cord is cut early because that gives them a handle to tug on. Yes, I I just have to pause there because it's still, I can't believe that I participated in it for as long as I did. And I ask any mom who might be listening to this, who I took care of as a naive labor nurse many years ago, I am sorry. Can't take it back now, can try to improve it for people moving forward, right? So the active management of the third stage can also include the manual removal of the placenta after a certain time limit, which is usually very arbitrary. But if the placenta is not coming out on its own fast enough for the practitioner, sometimes they'll just go in there and get it. They'll work their hand in around it and make it let go. Now, I wouldn't say that this one is as common, but it does happen because they see the placenta not delivering in a certain amount of time as pathological, meaning something is wrong and they need to do something about it. A Cochrane review in 2010 said that the reasoning of this active management of the third stage is unclear. But the truth is, it's because it gave the practitioners that handle they need to pull on the placenta to try to make it deliver sooner. Another reason that they theoretically believed that this practice of early cord clamping was good in the medical model is because they thought that by decreasing the blood volume in the baby, it would decrease newborn respiratory distress, jaundice, and polycythemia, which basically means a lot of blood cells. It just makes the blood thicker, basically. So that was their theory. But in truth, evidence does not support either of these things. It does not support that the mom has less bleeding, and it does not support that the baby has fewer problems like respiratory distress, jaundice, or polycythemia. Furthermore, placental traction greatly increases the risk of something called cord avulsion, That basically means that the cord tears or rips, pops to where it's not attached anymore. Or something called uterine inversion. And that basically means that the uterus kind of turns itself inside out and comes out the vagina wrong side out. It's a medical emergency when that happens. Another side effect or problem that can arise from this placental traction is that fragments of the placenta can be left behind that may be sheared off or pulled off or broke off as the placenta was being pulled out, and that will lead to excess bleeding, and it may lead to infection if it's not discovered soon enough. But in doing all these things, in clamping the cord early and starting the process of trying to deliver the placenta, 
the staff is now able to whisk the baby off to the warmer to do the things they need to do for their paperwork so they can get this over with and move on. It's infuriating. And again, this is something that I participated in for many years, naively not realizing the lack of wisdom in it and also the harm being done by it. Should cord clamping be delayed? Absolutely. The cord in the placenta is still rich with blood. It is rich with stem cells. It is rich with nutrients that belong to your baby. While that cord is still pulsing, the baby can still receive these good things back into its body. I hear some of you saying, but what if the baby's having trouble breathing or baby's having trouble transitioning? We've got to get it some help. We've got to move it to the warmer so we can do what we need to do, right? Well, don't you think that if the baby is having trouble starting to breathe, that that oxygen-rich blood in that cord could help with that transition? I'm about to blow the minds of nurses everywhere and probably make a lot of you mad if you're listening. But resuscitation of a baby can be done on the bed. It does not have to be done on a warmer. Yes, I said that. Yes, I realize it's inconvenient. But I also now realize that it's not about you if you're the provider. It's not about you if you're the nurse. It's about that baby and that mom and doing what's best for them. So yes, you can leave that baby attached to the placenta to receive all of that oxygen and all those blood cells and all those stem cells that that baby is going to need as it transitions, especially if it's having trouble transitioning. It's going to need it even more. If you clamp that cord immediately, so that you can whisk that baby off to a place that's more convenient for you, you are stealing some of the baby's own blood. The blood that's in that cord, that's now trapped in that cord that cannot get to the baby after the cord has been cut, that is that baby's blood. And you have just deprived that baby, that brand new baby, of blood. Its own blood. If you are having to be resuscitated, if you are having trouble with some life-sustaining function in your body, do you think it would make it easier or harder to do it without a quarter to a half of your blood supply? If something happened to you and you lost somewhere between a quarter and a half of your blood volume, How do you think you would feel? Well, that feeling that we're having, we are routinely putting babies through in hospitals everywhere, every day, even now. Now, this practice is falling off to some degree. A lot of providers are now at least doing maybe 30 seconds of delayed cord clamping, which is better than nothing, but still not good. But this concept which is just doesn't make any sense we're doing it to these newborn babies who need 
all of their blood supply. They need all of the cells that God has made for them, and we're taking it from them. What about premature babies? Premature babies benefit even more from having all their oxygen-carrying blood cells because they're going to have an even harder time in adjusting and transitioning and growing. And they're smaller, and they have even smaller blood volumes, so they feel any loss even more. So yes, even premature babies, and maybe I should say especially premature babies, will benefit from delayed cord clamping. So what do you need to do? You need to make sure that you include delayed cord clamping on your birth plan. And you need to make sure that you discuss with your practitioner, preferably before you hire them, make sure you discuss with them what their routine practice is. Do they routinely wait to clamp the cord or do they routinely cut the cord right after birth? These are important things that you need to know you need to consider including them in your interview before you hire your practitioner, whether it be a midwife or a doctor. But if you didn't and you've already made the choice, go ahead and discuss it with them now. Don't wait until birth. Go ahead and discuss it now. You need to have these discussions sooner rather than later. And what else do you need to do? What does delayed cord clamping need to be? You need to wait have your practitioner wait to clamp and cut the cord until all pulsing has stopped because that is the only way to make sure that your baby has gotten all of its blood supply. It's very easy to tell. All you do is you just put your fingers on the cord. You can feel the pulse. And once that pulse has stopped, the blood is no longer flowing. And at that point, whenever you're ready, it is appropriate to cut the cord. Super simple, and yet it's something that is done improperly on a very regular basis. I hope this has helped you. I hope it's given you some basics about what you need to know about cord clamping. If you have more questions or if something didn't make sense, or if you even have another topic that you would like to hear a podcast about. I hope that you'll shoot me an email over at Lori at yourbirthgodsway.com. The link for that is down in the show notes. So you can just go click that or you can type it into your email program if you'd like. I love to hear from you. I love hearing your feedback and I just want to help you to be able to make the best decisions to be able to have your birth the way that God intended you to be able to have it. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me, and it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.